This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episodes 37, Parody and Satire with Jim Hines. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. And, and I'm Jim. We have the wonderful Jim Hines, author of numerous books, um, the Goblin series, and um, some books about princesses. Also known as the Princess series. The Princess series. Um, and you have something new coming out, too. Yep, I've got a new series that's going to be modern day fantasy. First book is called Libriomancer, set partly in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, uh, which means in the second book I get to write about a Uper werewolf. Okay. So, cool. Having fun with that. Um, well, I decided um, we would uh, pitch this one to Jim because I've read uh, the Goblins books and they are fun and they are partially parody of um, gaming tropes, I would say. Um, the idea being that uh, you've got a um, protagonist who's a goblin, the lowest on the, the food chain, and you, you make lots of fun jokes about that. Um, and so um, let's talk about this. Do you, what's the difference? I'm going to pitch this at you and Howard. What's the difference between parody and satire? Well, see, that was my cue to say I'm not that smart. Okay. Howard, he uh, pitched it to you. Okay. No, 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 that, that, that's fine. You're that's the fine. funny guy. Be funny. I, we've had this problem before. We start talking about humor, and I just get dry as a bone. That's because they um, can't see your face. They'd laugh otherwise. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that, Brandon. Um, okay, parody typically is, uh, is when you are doing a, I call it a send-up of something. Um, you take an existing literary work, and you, you do a parody of it. Uh, Board of the Rings is a classic parody mm -hmm. of uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Um, it's quite a bit shorter. Most of the key story elements are in there, and it's not just a parody of Lord of the Rings. It's also, uh, it, it plays off of the fact that, uh, um, you know, the whole epic, uh, heroic Right, it's, it's a parody of the entire epic yeah, genre. Yeah, the, the entire and, epic yeah. genre, and it, it, you know, pulls all sorts of other literary elements into, uh, into it. Satire is when you are looking at uh, you're looking at the society around you, and you are making fun of it. Not necessarily pop culture, not necessarily the entertainment elements of that satire, but things like I'm a satirist with yeah. Schlock Mercenary. Basic healthcare, human nature. yeah, healthcare, human nature, boy bands, politics, whatever, gaming, genre, gaming, yeah, yeah. Um, any of these things. These things can be satirized, and naturally, when you are writing satire and you start pulling in pop cultural elements, um, the line between satire and parody becomes very, very blurry. Uh, but readers don't care. Readers are reading to enjoy. Yeah. They don't mind a blurry line here. They want there. funny. Yeah. yeah they want to so. be entertained. So Jim, why did you decide to start writing this, these books? Uh, mostly, and I'm going to call them satire because I think that just sounds better. Okay. It does. Um, partly because I love the genre. I mm -hmm. love the gaming. I, I don't think I could have written any of these books, even though I'm making fun of things, if I didn't love the source material. If I mm -hmm. didn't sit around doing the gaming thing on Friday nights with the Cheetos and the Mountain Dew. Oh, that's been my life for, well, most of it, sadly. <laughs> uh, and yet, despite the fact that I love this, despite the fact that I love fantasy and have been a geek since I can remember, we, we are flawed. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I know this will shock people, but yeah, we have problems. We have things that we don't think about. We have assumptions that we make. For example, we go on our merry little adventures and we slaughter all of the goblins because, well, there's treasure behind them. Mm -hmm. And we almost never, 
And you don't want to mess up your game because that'll right. kind of kill your game buzz. But what did they ever do to you? <laughs> you know, it's it is a rare it is a rare and and usually one off sort of campaign where the GM you're on your way you know you're hacking your way through the orc encampment and there is a basket of baby orcs. Now what do you do? <laughs> a and, basket and of baby orcs. Yeah, a little basket. Of they go to the baby orc market or something. No, it's like they. But, you know well, and that's saying. when your average gamer will say, "Okay, I pick one up. What kind of damage does it do? And what range can I get?" It's improvised weapon, one die four. Um, right. Well, the, the tusks haven't come in yet. One d three. Let me look up the manual. If I throw the entire basket, is yeah. this like a <laughs> range? Red. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, we're going to email which? about this. <laughs> Well, but the point is, the point yeah. is, in gamer culture, they are baby orcs, mm -hmm. and we are taught n not to treat them as people, and that's right. kind of a flaw in the way we game. And it's a flaw that shows up in genre too. I mean, gaming is one thing, um, but when you're reading fantasy novels, and oh, that race is evil. Right. So wait, what? Yeah. The, no, that th that that's does raise some really weird questions. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we just kind of accept that orcs are evil. In fact, people have, have written entire dissertations about Tolkien on that. And they are actually smarter than us, so we're just going to move off. I was going to say, yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> taken, gonna, we've taken a, yeah, hard, a hard left. Let's come back to satire, because um, you guys are both writing satire. Um, how do you approach it? How, how do you, Jim, how do you do satire well? Or Howard, either of you, because you both do a good job of it. Let me give, well, you, let you. Me, yeah, no, let me, let me give you an example. Uh, I pick something that... Uh, I either, it, it doesn't matter if I like it or if I don't like it, I pick something that has implications. Um, let's take the TSA. Okay. I look at the, I look at the, uh, I look at the TSA and being searched on the way to an airplane and I begin extrapolating aspects of that. Um, well, the, the frisking looks a lot like, you know, being searched by a police officer. Um, standing in the machine that uh, irradiates you and, uh, and all that looks an awful lot like um, being cooked. Uh, and because I'm writing science fiction, I can go in either of those either of those directions. And the further I take it, um, the more people look at what the TSA is currently doing and say, "Oh, wow, that's really absurd." And so, yes, I, I can send a very clear political message in that way. Um, but then, if I take the whole thing, you know, that I've you know extrapolated to the nth degree and sort of knock it uh, half a step to the left, people don't recognize it as the TSA. You know, I'm being searched on my way to a grocery store or something right. like that. Um, they just look at it and they say, oh, wow, that's really funny. Wow, yeah, Sam's Club always checks my receipts on the way out. And what if they actually patted me down mm -hmm. on my way into the store? Um, and they from don't? these things, they... <laughs> oh, that's right, you're in Michigan here. That's why right. I don't shop here. Um, um, and, and so that's, that's the formula I use for coming up with, okay. coming up with satire. So exaggeration. Um, I also extrapolation, extrapolation and exaggeration. Extrapolation, exaggeration, yeah. and absurdification. A lot of the time when, when I'm looking at it, you know, I'll be reading the material, whether it's you know, urban fantasy or gaming or whatever, and it's what jumps out at me is something's missing here. Mm -hmm. Something, there, there's a gap uh, with fairy tales, whether it's the original fairy tales or the Disneyfication, which is mm -hmm. a whole other yes. podcast. Um, that, what, is that not a word? I need to make sure that's a no, word. No, that's a word. Disneyfication? The Disneyfication, yeah. Right up there with absurdification. Yeah, absurdification. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. but, but we have to pay like five bucks every time we say Disneyfication. Hey, stop doing that. Cut it out. We can't <laughs> afford it. But you know, what's missing in these fairy tales? You know, and for me, part of what was missing is, and they lived happily ever after, 
And then what? It's like, I don't know anybody who lives happily ever after. It, there is no such thing as happily ever after. There is life. You know, stories don't end. So what came next? Okay, Cinderella, you've got some pissed off stepsisters out there. You know, half blind, you know, mama got her eyes pecked out. They're gonna be pissed. They're coming back for blood. And that's a starting point because it's this big gap that none of these fairy tales ever talk about. Okay. Um, especially when, you know, you get to the commodification mm -hmm. of fairy tales with a certain empire. Uh, we can call that mousification? Mousification, good. Okay. That and one's it, only 50 cents. Mousified commodification. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so when they emcee these fairy tales, it, it, again, it gets taken down another level, and it's like, okay, what are the assumptions here? What are you missing? That's where I want to play. That's where I want the story to start, and that's where I just want to totally mess with things. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc okay excellent um let's stop for a book of the week uh jim is actually going to promo a book for us this week this week's book is eyes like stars by lisa manchev it's a ya title it is sent set in the Theater Illuminata, which is the theater that contains the actors and play and all of the plays ever written. Okay. So you have Ophelia hanging out with random characters from Death of a Salesman. Okay. And then Ophelia runs off to drown herself. Okay. And it's just, it's a very self-contained story and I love the idea. I love the world building and what she's doing with it. All right, uh, you can pick up a copy of uh, Eyes Like Stars uh, on audio at audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, where you can uh, kick off a trial 14-day free membership. I got those words uh, messed around a little bit. And uh, please do that. Support the podcast and help us pay our legal bills versus Disney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we have listeners who are saying, okay, I want, I want to be funny. I want to write something that's funny. And they're saying, how can I be funny like Jim Hines? What advice because, do you have? <laughs> because, because all the men want to be Jim Hines. Yes, yes. And all the women want to be with those men. <laughs> okay, why was that funny? Because I, because said, it last true. Night, oh. I said it last night in the bar. <laughs> and that is the only thing we will quote from last night at the bar. <laughs> oh, Howard recycles jokes? Really? Oh, yes. <laughs> No, why was that funny? Let's talk about it. Why it was, was that okay? It was funny. funny. It was funny because we have it, it's an existing it's an existing aphorism. Uh -huh. you know, all the men want to be like me, and all the women want to be with me. Uh -huh. Okay, um, that's how you expect it to end. All the men want to be like me, and all the women want to be with those men. 
-hmm. And suddenly it provides, you know, I've, I've, set up, I've set up some expectations that we're going to finish that aphorism. Mm -hmm. And instead of finishing it, I provide what we call a comic drop, mm -hmm. which is where I, in the version I just gave, or Jim in the version I gave last night in the bar, have, have now been dropped in status. Instead of offering praise, I'm offering a, a slam. And the comic drop and the, uh, the uh, refusal to give you what you are expecting are both key elements in humor. And yes, it is that formulaic, and yes, it can be learned. Well, and you've also got the contrast of all the men want to be him when applied to a fantasy author. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, there, there's, there was another layer Just of joke right there. Just right there. Because when you said Jim Hines, it immediately we smiled. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, we now. did. Yes, <laughs> I, and I think it is because it's um, we're replacing some something expected with something unexpected, and that makes us laugh. Yeah, you are replacing somebody manly and dignified <laughs> with someone brilliant. Nicely say. Oh, way, yeah, That's... way to kill the funny. I'm okay. sorry. I just I wanted to point out that uh, you know our society, and this is something that this is something that satire does. Um, you know, if our society currently rewards people for being big and dumb and handsome, um, and we start rewarding people for being, you know, short and smart and awesome, um, then... And know, bald. And bald. Um, I, I have a soft spot for Jim. Um, <laughs> right we're, here in the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> we're scalp brothers. Yes. Uh, but but you, see, you see where I'm going. These no, are the sorts of really things. No, that was really good. That brings it right back to the topic. Wow. It's which like I know really what you're needed doing. to do. Uh, and in terms, of, in terms of writing humor like Jim Hines, which, why? <laughs> uh, write humor like Terry Pratchett. He sells so much better. A lot of mine comes back to characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I don't really like Lord of the Rings. Because yeah. if you strip out this, that satire, that parody level, Again, I'm not very smart. I don't know the difference. But if you strip that level out, there's not much left. Mm -hmm. No, Whereas I did not. I, I loved Board of the Rings when I was like sixth grade, seventh grade. I read it. I liked it because it was silly and it made fun of things that I understood. But it was very puerile. Um, I liked it for the same reason that movies like, you know, scary movie and epic movie sell well. They're parody, but they're puerile. They're not character based. They're just silly they're depending on they're depending on the send up for the joke you're not but, right and whereas i mean even right here you know the banter part of that back and forth part of it is because we are terribly entertaining people yes but part of it is because people like us mhm mm yeah yes that, yes that's right a, yes of course they better let's have a cheer from the audience Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this live at uh, PenguinCon, and we have an audience in the room who you probably can't hear unless they're really loud because uh, we just got this awesome new mixer. That's right. Did I mention that you need to go out to Audible and uh, <laughs> get a book? Um, the other thing, the other way that I play with it is just, again, the exaggeration. You know, mm -hmm. flipping the goblin books, flipping it around to the goblin's perspective, and these adventurers are coming in and you know, basically slaughtering their, slaughtering their way through on the way to the dragon. Well, this could be tragic, but I go in the humorous direction. I go with the goblin who is smarter than these guys because it is not always difficult to be smarter than the average yeah. gaming fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, but then exaggerating it, just taking these characters one step further, making the goblin one step grosser, you know, and then just extrapolating from there. Okay, this is a goblin. 
This is his worldview. Oh, we have a fallen comrade. Well, of course he's going to eat the comrade. That's what they do. So here's, a, here's an important question, I think, for this that we need to touch on right at the end. How do you not lose the character in this? Because you pointed out, it comes back to the characters. And, mm -hmm. and I'll add on top of that, my favorite comedy pieces, my favorite humorous books, I, I prefer Terry Pratchett to Douglas Adams. Because in Terry Pratchett, I get attached to the characters, and Douglas Adams, I don't. Yes. Um, and I liked your books because I got, I got attached to Jig. Um, and uh, his name, right? Jig. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you not lose the character when you're doing stuff this, when you're going so far into um, satire like this? Part of it is going back through the book and just asking myself, okay, this chapter is, you know, of course, hysterically funny. Does it advance the story? Is there more than just one layer here? Uh, because if the only thing this scene does is go for a laugh, that's not enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, 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 do the, I do the same thing in Schlock Mercenary, and uh, one of the things that I'm very careful about is that when I've told a really good joke, um, no matter how good that joke is, I have to ask myself the question, is this something that that character would have said or done? If it's right. not, yes. no matter how funny it is, uh, if it's not right for the character, then what's going to happen is my reader's going to get knocked out of the book, and exactly. suddenly I'm, I'm Douglas Adams instead of Terry Pratchett. Now, I would love to be not Douglas. I would love to yeah. be either of those There guys. are worse fates. Yes. Well, Douglas Adams is dead, but... Um, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> um, but, uh, but you, see, you see where I'm headed with this. I want right. to make sure that the characters are consistent. And as long as the joke is good and in character, uh, matter of fact, if the joke is really good and really in character, it draws the reader further into the book and allows me to tell even better jokes and even better drama and story later on. All right. Well, um, we're out of time. I'm going to make Jim give us a writing prompt. So, Jim, what's our writing prompt? Pseudo-medieval fantasy, generic Europe. You've got your magic. How do you deal with baldness? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Thanks for listening. Write me some magic Rogaine. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.